0: Be part of this?
1: Um, my pleasure.
0: <laughs> how are you going with everything?
1: Um, very good, very good, yes. Yep. Everyone is doing very great, yes.
0: Excellent. Um, so, you, how long have you been working with the ANSIX Research Centre?
1: Um, so far, one year and uh, three months. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, okay. And is this the first placement that you've had in Australia or have you been um, working here for a while?
1: I know this is the first
0: time. Yeah. Are you enjoying your are you enjoying your time over here?
1: Yeah. Yes, oh, yes. Good. Melbourne
0: is a beautiful city. Yes. It is, isn't it? It's very pretty. I used to uh live and work in Melbourne, enjoyed that. And I grew up in Melbourne.
1: Oh, now, really? Oh, that's
0: yeah. nice. Oh. Yeah, so it's a lovely city. I get to come back fairly frequently, but now live in Queensland, which is uh, significantly warmer at this time of year, I think.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: That's right um, Were you, you were happy with the questions that I sent through to you?
1: Um. Yes, yes, I think I can answer all of those questions
0: I'm sure you can You do it <laughs> uh, falling off a chair, I'm sure Um. I will record an introduction and an exit a little bit later So when you're ready, I'll just start with the questions
1: Okay, yes, I'm ready Ready to go? Okay. okay.
0: Tomoko, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Todd.
0: Tomoko, this study is looking at the role of vitamin C, thiamine and hydrocortisone in septic shock. Can you tell us a little bit about the background research that's um, supported this um, this trial?
1: Sure. Um, the target condition of those drugs is vasoplasia. Vasoplasia is otherwise called vasodilatory shock and is well-recognized in septic shock. Vasoplasia is characterized by vascular hyporesponsiveness to vasopressors and it requires high-dose vasopressors to maintain blood pressure even in the patients with normal cardiac function. And hypertension associated with such vascular hyporeactivity it's reported to have a significant impact on mortality and morbidity in re- literature. And normally, human body synthesizes and releases catecholamines to counteract the vasoplesia. So the mainstay of the treatment of vasoplegia is to use the exogenous catecholamines. And currently, noradrenaline is recognized as the first line agent. The autonomic system in human body responses immediately to maintain the vascular responsiveness, but the responsiveness to the catecholamine are altered and the autonomic control is impaired in some patients like septic shock. And additionally, um, inflammatory cytokines increase nitric oxide production, and the nitric oxide Contributes to vasodilation. So, uh, vitamin C is an essential water solu- soluble vitamin and works as an antioxidant and also as a cofactor for many enzymes and proteins in human body. Patients with septic shock have significantly depleted vitamin C levels compared with non septic patients. The depletion of vitamin C accelerates the inflammatory cascade, increases microvascular dysfunction and also endothelial permeability. Vitamin C also works as a coenzyme cool for many biological reactions including synthesis of catecholamines in human body and vitamin C suppresses activation of nuclear factor kappa beta. Nuclear factor kappa beta Increases the transcription of multiple inflammatory cytokines, and those cytokines contribute further to endothelial dysfunction or activation of coagulation and the cellular injury characteristic of sepsis. Um, In animal models, exogenous vitamin C has been reported to attenuate the inflammatory cascade or reduce the endothelial injury or even enhance the release of endogenous catecholamines and improve vasopressor responsiveness. So, um, and thiamine, as for thiamine, thiamine works as an essential cofactor in the cellular metabolism, but relative thiamine deficiency frequently occurs in critically ill patients with sepsis. In animal model of septic shock, Thiamine improved hemodynamic instability irrespective of the status of thiamine deficiency and one clinical trial in septic shock implied that the supplementation of thymen might lead to a better renal outcome and a small percentage of high-dose vitamin C is catabolized to oxalate oxalate is normally excreted by the kidney and Serum levels will increase if the patient had renal dysfunction In patients with renal dysfunction receiving dose vitamin C or high dose vitamin C supersaturation saturation of serum with oxalate may result in tissue deposition as well as crystallization in the kidney A byproduct of uh, the metabolism, uh, which is called glyoxylate, is either reduced to oxalate or oxidized to CO2 by the enzyme. And thiamine is a coenzyme for metabolism of glyoxylate to specific amino acids. And so it redirects it from conversion to oxalate. So exogenous thiamine may limit oxidative injury by the product of vitamin C metabolism and it may restore energy production. Is this
0: Tam- yeah, that's great. Tomoko, what sort of research has been done in the clinical environment to support the background research data that's underpinning this?
1: Um, yes, Professor Paul Merrick and his colleagues performed a sequential period before-after clinical study in a single center in the United States. In that study, they compared the outcome and clinical course of consecutive septic patients treated with intravenous vitamin C, hydrocortisone, and thymine, uh, their cocktail therapy, uh, compared to a control group treated in their ICU during the preceding period. The primary outcome of the study was hospital survival, and they adjusted for the confounding factors using propensity score. Uh, There were 47 patients in both treatment groups uh, with no significant differences in baseline characteristics. uh, And the hospital mortality was 8.5% in the treatment group compared to 40.4% Uh, in the control group. The results of this before-after study suggested that the early use of intravenous vitamin C together with steroids and thymine might prevent progressive organ dysfunction and may reduce mortality in patients with severe sepsis or septic shock.
0: Tomoka, why has hydrocortisone been included in the study protocol?
1: Uh, Yes, that's a good question. Uh, Glucocorticoids have uh, undergone many studies as an adjuvant treatment to restore the vascular responsiveness to vasopressis, expecting an inhibition of the arachidonic acid cascade. Clinical trials assessing the efficacy or effectiveness of hydrocortisone for septic shock consistently showed a reduced duration of shock and vasopressin use. And the combination of hydrocortisone and vitamin C may act synergistically in patients with sepsis. This hypothesis is supported by an in vitro study where uh, hydrocortisone together with vitamin C protected the vascular endothelium from damage and by endotoxin while uh, neither agent alone has had that effect and also previous research has demonstrated that vitamin C reverses oxidization of the glucocorticoid receptor which is a likely manifestation of sepsis and the oxida- oxidation of the glucocorticoid receptor decreases the activity of glucocorticoids. So, furthermore, glucocorticoids increase the expression of the sodium bi- vitamin C transporter. So, those studies suggest that the combination of hydrocortisone and vitamin C may act synergistically to limit the inflammatory response and. Uh, limit the endothelial injury, and also improve microcirculatory microcircul- function and vasopressor responsiveness in patients with septic shock.
0: Tomoko, that brings us to the ongoing vitamin study which you're involved with. Can you tell us what the objectives of the vitamin study are?
1: Sure. Uh, the VITAMINS trial is a pilot, multi-centre, randomised, open-label feasibility trial to compare the administration of vitamin C, thiamine and hydrocortisone versus hydrocortisone alone in critically ill patients with septic shock. The primary aim of the study is to determine whether the intravenous administration of those three drugs uh, in patients with septic shock leads to a more rapid resolution of septic shock and shortens the duration of vasopressor dependence compared to hydrocortisone alone.
0: Um, how are you, sorry, Tomoko, um, what are the patients that are going to be included in the trial? Can you go through what the inclusion criteria are?
1: Uh, yes, of course. Um, patients uh, admitted to the ICU with the primary diagnosis of septic shock, will be screened for inclusion into this study. But we exclude patients who are younger than 18 years old or who are pregnant or those who have strong indication or contraindication of vitamin C or thiamine or hydrocortisone other than sepsis. And also, we will exclude uh, those who have DNR, do not resuscitation, orders. And uh, our primary outcome is time alive and free of the suppressors at day seven after randomization. The secondary outcomes include feasibility outcomes, uh, such as compliance with drug administration protocol or reasons for exclusion, and also some patient-centered outcomes, uh, such as mortality and hospital length of stay, ICU-free days, etc. Uh, our estimated sample size of this trial is 216.
0: One of the um, the criteria that you're going to look at or outcomes you're going to look at is a sum of noradrenaline dose where you're converting the use of other um, uh, vasopressors to noradrenaline equivalent. It's, could you explain to the, to the people listening just how that would work?
1: Um, yes. Um, we need to calculate the the total amount of uh, so-called vasopressors to um, assess the required amount of vasopressors for the patient. So we use the calculation that was used um, in a previous trial of uh, vasopressors. So we will um, calculate the dose of vasopressin and adrenaline and uh, those two drugs to the dose of the using the formula published in the previous trial paper.
0: Tomoko, many listeners will have heard the concept of a feasibility trial and you mentioned some of the things that you'll be looking for. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this study does in terms of planning the next phase of research in this area?
1: Sure. Um, The concept of this uh, combination therapy is uh, based on preclinical studies or studies uh, outside of single centre study outside of Australia. So we need more information regarding how our population in Australia will need this therapy, and how we can recruit patients uh, in the trial, and whether this combination therapy is feasible in our clinical settings. Uh, We can't go straight forward to the large thousands of uh, clinical trials with thousands of people directly without those important information. Uh, so we are collecting feasibility outcomes in this trial, uh, such as uh, the recruitment rate or the number of patients screened uh, who were screened for the trial and also the protocol compliance. And that will be the very important information for the future larger trial.
0: Tomoko, for anyone who's interested in this concept, is there somewhere they can find more information about the VITAMINS trial?
1: And yes, uh, we have published a protocol paper in critical Care and Resuscitation recently, and also our ANZIC Research Centre has a website uh, including some details and updates about the trials. So... Um, please Google RC space, vitamins trial.
0: Tomoko, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today and good luck with the rest of the trial.
1: Thank you very much, Todd.
0: And that's it. Well done.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> that was really, really good. Thank you very much for that. Uh,
1: Oh, was it clear?
0: It was. It absolutely was. I'm sorry I gave you a couple of um, unannounced questions towards the end. There, you handled them really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the how long do you think it will be before the um, recruitment finishes? Have you got long to go?
1: Ah, uh, actually, we are doing really. We have been doing really great, and we have already randomised two hundred and one patients so far. Oh, wow. So we we have only 15 patients to go.
0: Fantastic. That's exciting.
1: So that's the reason why I changed your... um, Yes. uh, (laughs) uh, ...some notes about the trial from upcoming to ongoing.
0: Yes, fair enough, too. It's nearly done. You should have said it's almost complete instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 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 So
0: how long would would it take you to finish it? When do you anticipate being ready to publish?
1: Um, We may be able to complete the patient recruitment within a couple of months or so. And our final follow-up is 90 days. Yep. So um, we need to clean the data and check the data. So maybe by... we'll be able to finalise the data by the end of this year, so yep. maybe we'll be able to um, present the results early the next year.
0: That's fantastic. I'm oh, looking forward to hearing it. Tomoko, could, um, could I trouble you for a photograph, just a head and shoulders shot, so that I can put that on the website in, in addition to the, to the podcast?
1: Uh, sure, I will send you later.
0: That'd be great. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add or have we covered everything that you you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, yes, yes. I'm... Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you once again, Tomoke. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Todd.
0: Okay, take care. Yeah, you too.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.